Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, WWE unifies their tag team belts. We have a pay-per-view coming up, double or nothing at AEW. We're also going to talk about the best of the Super Juniors, that, and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. That was a low-key intro. Very on the Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, right, uh, ditch, ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So, welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, aka K Fabe Leota. Uh, <laughs> oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Hold on, I got more. Uh, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a jobber. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Uh, the many saints of Newsmark keep faving them softly. Flopland, smoking faces, Operation Tumbo Pop, Shoeless Job Jackson, and here's my favorite one. Here's my favorite one. This is from Bo. Business bad? Fuck you. Kayfabe me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you. Kayfabe me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you. Kayfabe me. Hey, and man. sitting to my left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? So I was at work when I heard that uh, Ray Liotta passed. So obviously, R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Uh, Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time, of all genres. I don't give a rat's ass what it is, where it is. If it's on, I will watch it. I mean, that's that's it's, it's the most rewatchable movie of all time. It's a fucking amazing movie, and it's it's a shame. I mean, outside of that, I mean, Ray Liotta has played other good movies as well, but Goodfellas is the one. So on that unfortunate note, I will ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition from the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 258, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saying, hashtag, boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat, the holy trinity of BFR. Uh, we were talking about what we are going to talk about today, and it's really down to three things right now. And it's kind of good to just kind of, you know, break it down to where it's just this, this, and this. Anything else right now can kind of upset the boat, at least on my end, because I'm really just trying to keep up with uh, Best of Super Juniors. I ca- finally caught up this morning, so that was a good thing. Outside of that, uh, we got predictions. Um, Double or nothing. I'm kind of interested to see what other guys think. So we're going to have a good time for the next couple hours. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beer? Yeah, far west oh, man. house. Uh, no beers, just, just tears today, man. I've been, like, uh, struggling since Tuesday. This uh, school shooting thing's really fucked with me uh, hard. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, sober. Like A funny story about how uh, it messes with your mind. Uh, I was working with my boss yesterday, and I pulled uh, my weed pen out of my pocket to start writing with it. <laughs> I didn't even know it was in my pocket. Did I it work? It was an actual pen. The whole day, no, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, also, on a lighter note, because the world needs comedy um, in the face of tragedy, uh, love Ray Liotta, uh, love a lot of his movies. That dude, like, he's 67. I thought it was, like, when he was younger or whatever because I saw him on movies. Literally always looks like he's wearing mascara. Always. <laughs> he always... <laughs> has the most luscious eyelashes for a 67-year-old man ever. Oh, you think so? I guess. I've never really... I seen uh, any better. I guess I don't notice... I don't really notice eyelashes. I don't either. I'll be the first. I don't either. Be. I just notice them on him. It's, like, his most prominent feature. Huh. I was, I was thinking like the pock marks. I mean, I always thought that he looked old as shit. 
Well, I mean, damn. I don't know, man. He's got eyelashes like Renee Dupree's got a hog. Okay, oh, here we go. Renee okay. Dupree's okay. got a hog, okay. man. Right. Are we get, let's all talk right. about Renee Dupree's hog. <laughs> okay, now see. Should we get into <laughs> Renee Dupree's hog? <laughs> you have just opened up Pandora's box. You realize this, correct? Uh, Ray Liotta was a fucking stud. I, I love him. Uh, you know, RIP. I don't get too bogged down with celebrity deaths or anything like that. Nobody really makes me too upset because I oh, didn't yeah. know him. He but, lived a better life than me. Yeah, he in you know, he was the lead in, like Jason said, one of the greatest movies of all time. It's just it's just kind of fucked up. He wasn't even that old, and he was just in the Sopranos movie, and he was fucking great in the Sopranos movie. So, R- 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 whoa. Yeah, I know. R.I.P. Ray Liotta. We are coming at you from the uh, po- post-storm St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, it's been raining all day. It is nice and cool outside. Jason's wearing a sweatshirt. Probably the same sweatshirt he wore that one time we were out here, and it was six degrees, and we almost died. (laughs) But right now, it's like 70. (laughs) Fucking black people. You know it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) If it ain't hot, it ain't me. I got no shoes on. (laughs) I wouldn't even wear a shirt if I didn't have to. Uh, So, uh, you, you know what? Let's get right into it. Let's get to that three count. Sands of sponsorship. We dive in. <laughs> right. Let me say something racist real fast. Right. Oh, why don't we have any sponsors? Uh, Jason, what's the one count? Yeah, right. He's about to say, that's why you don't have any sponsors. Um, one count, we're going to go to WWE main roster, and obviously one of the big stories, minus uh, more Naomi and Sasha speculation, was the unification of the tag team titles where you had RK-Bro versus the Usos on uh, Friday Night SmackDown for the main event. Obviously, the Usos went over in a, a really good tag team match. I, can, I hate to give WWE credit for tag team anything, but this was really, really good. I don't know who watched it and who didn't, but it was a good match. No, it was really good. Um, post-match, after Roman's fuckery to cost RK-Bro the match, he beats down Riddle. Uh, the Usos beat down uh, Randy Orton. Uh, I think it was Jay Uso splashed Riddle on the table. He didn't look so good coming off of it, but damage done. So post, I guess. It was a post-match that. angle that you don't see very often on WWE television. I have thoughts on that in 30 seconds. So obviously... On Monday night, uh, Riddle and the Street Profits opened the show. And my first thought was, if the Street Profits go heel, this would be the fucking greatest thing ever. Of course, that doesn't happen. But would Riddle... you want the Nation of Domination again or something? No, I just... I, they tease it, so, I mean, just lean into this, motherfucker. I mean, damn. Um, Riddle says that Orton is out with a an apparent back injury. So then my first thought there was, oh, this might be the seeds of the ultimate or the I guess not ultimate but this latest heel turn from Randy Orton I played hurt you got pinned this is how we going slowly but sure we get us to an Orton heel turn on Riddle this is just me speculating I mean we're going to get there it's just how we get there I guess is the better question Um, for me I guess the takeaway is they're really leaning, they being in the WWE, is really leaning to the bloodline, leaning into them hard. Anybody that beats either or should get a, a decent rub, especially the person that beats 
Roman Reigns, whomever that person may be. I thought I said it was a long time overdue to marry the tag team titles. There's just not enough tag teams running around to begin with, not enough, even less that they really want to invest in. RK Bro, New Day, Usos. I can't think of any, I guess uh, the new, uh, what's the Seamus? Oh, I don't know. What are, do they, they have got, a name? They have a team name now. I just can't think of it now. It's not Fight Club. It's like Bro Club or Shin something. Fein? No, it's something silly. Anyway. Shin Fein would be pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's not. I wish it was. It'd be better than what it was. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> but I guess the ultimate question is now, we have the bloodline. That's fine. It's like the Four Horsemen. Uh, it's like Evolution, Shield, whatever you want to call them, blah, blah, blah. Now you need some, you know, not even faction, but group of guys, group of baby faces to go against them. Cody's an obvious choice. Drew McIntyre's an obvious choice. We're missing a tag team baby face if RK Bro is breaking up. But it, I guess my biggest question is, once again, what next? Okay, we're here. Now what? Zach, what do you think? Oh, I don't even think they know. It's funny that you asked that question. They they probably won't ask it until next week when they're going to write TV. So, uh, yeah, it's weird that they kind of put all their eggs in one basket, especially with, you know, Roman having this thing, you know, where he might not be around as much, which is just kind of a recent development. But, um, you know, I feel like the Usos are really good, but they're pretty volatile. Like, usually – Vince and wrestling promoters in general tend to avoid putting, you know, belts on folks um, who they can't like trust to like be responsible. Um, you know, Zeus had plenty of DUIs. Naomi is out of the company, suspended indefinitely. There's just a lot, it's just an interesting dynamic. And do both uh, Usos have DUIs or is it just the one? I think it's just the one. Yeah, I got a shithead I can't brother remember. too. I know. I think. I think the one more than the <laughs> other, but I think uh, we all. Do. I, I, think, I think I'm not the shithead brother. One. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought one had three. Uh, it, it, neither here nor there. Yeah. Le, you know, let he without the first. Uh, let he without sin cast the first time. Oh shit! But uh, yeah, go ahead, Zach. Oh, uh, that's about it. I basically the the thing you have to think about or the thing that they should be thinking about is the future like Jason said and they often don't tend to do that and what are we building up to like why are we making Roman so strong why are we making the bloodline so strong is it just for the sake of them being strong or do we actually have a plan to uh, topple Goliath well right? all uh, ro- like we always say all roads lead to Roman so Roman is going to face Roman at SummerSlam <laughs> Roman's going to go over of course because Roman always wins and uh, Roman and Roman are going to face the Usos for the tag belts Roman and Roman are going to win Okay. Uh, I actually think that this was a pretty big I think I thought that Monday night was a pretty big deal for Matt Riddle because he there's 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 the opening of the show. There's the not central time. There's the nine o'clock hour on the show, and then or the eight o'clock hour on the show, and then there's the finish of the show. And those are the three big spots where they always put their biggest stuff. Right? Riddle came out and cut 
such a heartfelt promo. Like, it literally looked like he was getting ready to cry. Now, maybe he was getting ready to cry, but if if that was all kayfabe, then he's a hell of an actor. I thought that I thought that was a tremendous babyface promo to get the crowd behind to talk about how much he loved Randy, and that was the end of the segment. That was that was pretty big for Riddle, I think. I think what we're going to is we're going to Riddle's going to be Roman's next opponent. Stole my thunder, and I hope that's the case because he's earned it. He's definitely over as a babyface. Oh, he called. He basically was like, "Look, I'm, he's next gonna, time I'm going to get my revenge." Yeah. yeah, he said, "I'm going to get my revenge." I think that they're going to put him down. I think it's possible. I think we're going to get Orton versus Reigns at SummerSlam. Stole my thunder. I think it's possible that Orton goes over to tie. John Cena at 15 championship reigns. Is that right? No? No. Did I get it wrong again? What is it? Cena and Flair are tied at 16. Orton, I believe, is at 14. This would make number 15. So he'd have to win it again down the line. And then they can fight in, like, WrestleMania 60 or something when they're both old men. (laughs) Oh, you know that'll be in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you motherfuckers. I, I I think that Riddle's next in line for a title shot Agreed. and 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 which could be a really fun match because Riddle can do ev- like all sorts of shit and Roman Reigns is really good at Superman punches. I don't know if you've ever seen him do a Superman punch. One of this the hard one of the hardest uh finishers that there is out there. But this this, here. you know. Uh and I think that Orton could take it from Reigns. No. No, no chance. It's, Tell me why no, I'm there's, wrong. There's, I'm not saying that there's no chance because, I mean, it's wrestling, you know, and it's WWE. So, I mean, I'll double down on that shit. Weird shit can happen. The way, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, and I could be reading them wrong, take it for what it is, Rock and Reigns is, I guess, their end game, at least for Roman Reigns. Whether he has the title or not is the question. He has to cross paths with Cody first, okay? If he could get past Cody and have the title, then I think he takes it all the way to WrestleMania. He beats Rock, and then, you know, you can call him the GOAT or whatever you want to call it. I just don't think Orton wins because Cody lies in the weight. Riddle, Orton, Drew McIntyre over in England, I think are the next three guys in line. I would hope they would be smart enough to not to give Cody the money in the bank because Cody's he's right there. He's you know, he's dealing with this uh the Seth Roman angle which is you know probably one of their best angles, arguably the best angle they have going right now. Once he gets past that, he will be in line for, you know, a top title whether they break him up or not. I don't even know, don't even really care at this point. It would probably make sense for Cody to win a title if they break them up. Harder for me to see Cody winning the undisputed title off of Roman, but that's another story for another time. But if I had to take the guess of who would do it, my guess is Cody first. Orton, it makes sense because he's a 14-time champion. It wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility for it to be done that way, but I mean, it's it's got to be Cody, right? I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're Vince, uh, like Orton is like 
that video you have saved on Pornhub that'll always get you to finish before you're too late for work. Like, you know you can rely on it. It's there, works every time. Um, it stands up to the other videos really well. It's a high-quality, high-production video. doesn't ever seem to age. And if it does, it ages gracefully. That's Randy Orton. So I, mean, I totally see that. I know this is an audio medium, so I'll just tell you that I'm just sitting here nodding. Like, I'm like... <laughs> I know exactly which one he's talking about. Exactly which one. We all got him. Yeah, we all got him. That's what the funny part is. I just start laughing. It's like, ah, oh, shit. Fuck, I only got five minutes. I can do it. <laughs> do I got my keys? Great. Let's do this. We ain't got time to waste. Femme, dom, boy, slut. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's switch let's switch gears for thirty seconds. Becky Lynch, apparently, well, I shouldn't say apparently, is has been added to the Oscar Becky. Uh, I'm sorry, Bianca, Bianca. Belair title match. So now we got a three way, the Bill Veggie special for Hell in a Cell. Is that a Hell in a Cell match or is that just a title match? I'm looking it up right now as we speak. Okay, uh, so if I had. If it was me... They usually only have two Hell in a Cell matches. I was just getting ready to say, this doesn't feel like it should be a Hell in a Cell match. If it was Becky versus Bianca, then I would say, yeah, throw that shit down. If it was Oscar versus Bianca, I would say, you know, leave that shit alone. In a three-way... Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what they're getting ready to do, to be perfectly honest at this point. I would almost prefer them keep it as a singles, maybe... Maybe Becky takes the L so you can break it off and do Oscar versus Bianca. Right now on Wikipedia, all we have is Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins in the Hell in a Cell match. Bianca, Oscar, Becky Lynch is just a triple threat match. Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a two-on-one handicap match. And Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens in a singles match. So I guess I read it wrong. I thought they were saying they were going to have a match in a Hell in a Cell. I guess they were saying they were going to have a match at... Right. Hell in a Cell. Right. Okay, which... This is why we shouldn't have a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell. <sighs> Your lips to God's ears, man. Well, I mean... It's... Well, it ruined the gimmick. It, it ruined the match. When they did, like, all the matches in a Hell in a Cell, that's when I think it finally jumped the shark. It should be just for, you know, the, the pinnacle of pinnacle feuds. You know, it's a blood feud. It's got to end. It shouldn't be a pay-per-view. It should be... They it should shouldn't be have a Hell in a Cell at, at, at SummerSlam. Agreed. It shouldn't be a pay-per-view. I agree with that totally. That That's where imagine it kind of ruined it even more. Imagine if AEW, like everybody's clamoring for more AEW pay-per-views, and they just decided, like, yeah, we're, we'll do Stadium Stampede every year, and every Ugh, Stadium gross. Stampede match. Garbage. <laughs> I personally like the Stadium Stampede. <laughs> I was about to say, I might have to dub that for them forever just to hear you say that over and over again. <laughs> That's right. going to be a drop so, on my house once they uh, fuck it. I do like the idea of a Bianca Belair, Asuka, Becky Lynch triple threat match, though. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't like I it. I mean, especially after we saw, uh, we know what Asuka's capable of. We, we know that Bianca and Becky Lynch... I wouldn't say they stole the show at WrestleMania because WrestleMania fucking ruled this year, but it was a very, very good match. One, it, two, one, one of the, the two matches that I would accept for match of the night. Yes, or match of the weekend. weekend even yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for that match. No, it's 
it's interesting that, that, like I said, it's interesting that Becky's been brought into it. So I'm curious to see how that dynamic works. Really, from there, um, I just think the match is, it should be pretty good. I'm not going to sit up here and, and make any high fucking uh, claims about the shit. Anything if I'm going to claim high on Cody and Seth should be another barn burner of a match. That's the one I'm obviously looking forward to the most. From there, we'll just we're also going to get. Looks like we're going to get Walter versus Ricochet for the IC. Jesus Christ. Do you know the IC belt has not been defended on a pay-per-view since the last WrestleMania? That's whoa, 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 like whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, not the most recent one you mean like uh, yeah, that's 14 what, months ago or whatever? That's what I, that's what I read. What? what I read. Now, maybe, now, maybe it's wrong. It could be very wrong. I, I have no, no memory when it comes to shit like so. this. That's what I was going to say. I remember a lot of Intercontinental Championships on but SmackDown. Walter's got to take that from Ricochet, right? Fucking A. He better. Okay. I'd right, say, look, I love Ricochet, but it's, it's got to... We got to move along. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, did anybody watch the Veer Mahan, Jerry the King Lawler segment? Did Veer crush him? He crushed the Mysterios. He was getting ready to crush Lawler. Lawler, Ra- Lawler is, he's like Uncle Junior in those later seasons where like dementia's really getting them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> call back to the call back to the Godfather, uh, the Godfather oh, episode last shit. week. Um, Judgment Day keeps teasing more members. Who do you think the Judgment Day should bring on as a member? Finn Balor. That's good. Did we talk about this last week? I was, well, that was my, um, when they had the last pay-per-view. I'd ask Zach, but he has no idea. When they had the last (laughs) pay-per-view. It's probably why he's sobered this week. (laughs) Oh, it's it's definitely in the the running. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said I thought Finn Bauer was going to turn on AJ at the pay per view, and it ended up being Rhea Ripley, which is fine. I, I just think Finn I, Bauer's turning on everybody. She get right. I just don't think that there's any reason for Finn Bauer and AJ to be as a team. They're not. They're not pushing a bullet club from WWE. Finn has really nothing going on. I mean, zero. You know, they let Austin Theory take the title off of him after beating him multiple consecutive weeks. Does that, that mean? Be but if, if Finn Balor joins Judgment Day, or sorry, the Judgment Day, whatever. If Finn Balor joins the Judgment Day, does that mean he has to wear the demon makeup every single week? No, no. I know how much you love it, but we're going to spare you that. We we'll just have him in the uh, the cool little jacket. He'll say some, you know. Well, the fuck, they should have Boogeyman too. Bring in Boogeyman too, because no. Boogeyman and Finn ba- Fig- Boogeyman and the Demon look the exact same. No, they really don't. Bring in uh, Tatanka. Have all the cultural appropriation. Oh, oh, Jesus! What's the cultural appropriation for Finn Balor? He's Irish. <laughs> yeah, but what's the cultural appropriation? <laughs> <laughs> He's Irish. I take offense to that. Um, no, I'm, people people talk about the. Um, the dread from the demon being a cultural appropriation. He just looks like the predator. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do we think about LA Knight being introduced as Max Dupree on SmackDown with a gimmick as being a male modeling agent? Where are we at on this? I heard that this they were doing this on SmackDown. Uh, 
tapings, dark uh, matches, whatever you want to call it, house shows, blah, blah, blah. Why would you change the man's name when you changed it from L.A. Knight already? Wouldn't L.A. Knight be a, a suitable name for somebody that has a male modern, modern totally agency? Get it. Totally get it. L.A. Knight is a great name for that dude. Max Dupree's not bad, though, either. It's okay. It's just kind of like, come on, guys. This is, see, th- this is what I want, though. I want, like, I, I just want something. Just give me something to sink my teeth into. So, I mean, LA Knight's never going to main event WrestleMania. LA Knight's never going to, uh, you know, be a huge star in WWE. Maybe he will, but probably not. Let him run for six months as a guy named Max Dupree and let me <laughs> get a bunch of male models. That sounds okay to me now they'll fuck it up no doubt but i mean it i'm 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 okay with it okay here's the good part about i'll just say who i think i'm just gonna call him by his name i'm gonna call him eli i'm gonna call him eli Eli drake is that he could talk and that's the that's where they put him in okay Good on WWE. You put somebody in a position where they can do well. But now you got to push it. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. WWE is so devoid of managers outside of Paul Heyman. There's really nobody else. Even this is if this is on a lower level, mid-card level of guys where he can be the voice of those guys, I would rather have that versus nothing at I'd all. I'd rather just grab a... Grab an underling. I mean, remember how much we liked, and when I say we, I mean me. Remember how much <laughs> me liked uh, Brizongo? <laughs> like those guys were fucking hilarious for a while. Oh, am, I, am I wrong, Two Beer? No, they were great. Uh, Fashion Police was like my favorite segment of the week every week. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. You two did love you some Brizongo back in the day. There's no question. We need about uh, Max Dupree to just okay. create a stable called. Stable of stars and just bring in like Johnny Carson impersonators to just randomly hit people. Whatever, man. I'm down with it all, man. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that Max Dupree needs to have a stable that to rival the bloodline, but I mean, if you're going to do it, then you know, at least lean into it. Get a guy or two over. Yeah, make him be this stupid gimmick and then make him be super fucking mean. Like after a match or something, whatever. And then like every week he comes back, he's like, "Ah, I didn't," you know. Like he's all nice again. Like that's the kind of heel that I want. That's certainly the kind of SmackDown heel that I want. That just reeks of SmackDown to me. <laughs> Remember the Dude Busters? Like I love that shit, man. <laughs> Give me all that stupid sports entertainment shit, and I'm da- I'm here for it. Um, before we move off of the main roster. Yeah, there's nothing here. Let's just move off the main <laughs> roster. Let's go to the two count. <laughs> and we're good. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. Uh, we'll do predictions. We've got a AW pay-per-view coming up this weekend, but we have the go-home show um, for Dynamite. We'll have the go-home show for Rampage uh, tomorrow night. But we started it off hot with, Wardlow and Sean Spears in a steel cage with NJF as the special guest referee. So uh, without going into too much detail for the sake of brevity, imagine how you would have put this match together in order to successfully set up uh, the pay-per-view match of MJF uh, versus Wardlow 
and also imagine all of the spots that you would do in order to make Wardlow look like a giant monster superstar and also work around the logistics of MJF being the referee. How is he going to win? They did it all perfectly. It was just exactly what it was supposed to be. There was no surprises here, but I popped for each and every little thing that they did, like Wardlow busting the handcuffs and um, Sean Spears hitting MJF with the chair and uh, Wardlow continuing to just absolutely decimate uh, security guards, including throwing one uh, like <laughs> in just into the nether world, uh, into the cage, and then down uh, off the side of the apron under the ring. Looked pretty uh, dangerous, actually. Destroyed him. Yeah, it looked really bad. It's so funny because um, the juxtaposition of like Brian Danielson getting his legs stuck in the ring ramp for like 10 minutes and then everybody's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Like, the announcer's like, oh, I hope he's okay. And then, like, Wardlow just throws that dude so hard and so far. And Chucked they're like, him. that was awesome. Chucked him. What do you, th- yeah. you think of the segment, Jason? That poor bastard. That I was uh, I was at uh, Tinder's house uh, last night watching it, and we got to that point. Which I agree with everything the two beers said. I mean, you knew we were going to get the match. How were you going to get there? Sean Spears hitting MJF check, Warlow breaking handcuffs check, double check. As far as I'm concerned, that made that was the one time I was just like, oh shit, okay. See, you motherfuckers are just really hitting it with all cylinders when it comes to Warlow. There's the only time I even had a problem, quote unquote, problem with it is that I didn't see him get booed by Long Island. Outside of that, everything they've done with Wardlow has been perfect up to this point. Now you've got this motherfucker over here literally, like, busting handcuffs and shit. Basically, I could have been doing this any time type shit. It's just been a very well-done story, and now we've gotten to the point where the payoff is here. Even the fact that he hasn't really gotten his hands on MJF, which is always one of my big things, is that if you've gotten this story and you built it up to this point, I don't want you to give away anything. I don't want Warlow to get his hands on MJF until the physical match itself. They got that right, too. It's been very well done. Yeah, this was a perfect segment. Again, this story has been told. You know, I'm an English major. Maybe I should come up with a different term. Uh, perfectly. Uh, it's been it's been so fucking good, and last night was no exception. I also popped when he broke when he broke the handcuffs. It seemed like like right before he did, I was like, oh, he's gonna break the handcuffs, and then it was so it it was just so satisfying. The only thing, and uh, this is a minor quibble, but. I really don't like unprotected chair shots. I think that we know we know way too much about what unprotected chair shots to do. MJF and Sean Spears and Wardlow, they're all adults, and they can make their own decisions. It just, I, I kind of go, you know, when Sean Spears hit MJF oh, he smoked him. with the chair. Oh, yeah, he smoked him. And there was no hand up. Nope. There was nothing. Nope. And MJF. Seem to be fine, but there's lots of guys who seem to be fine after they get concussions, and then it it comes to rear its ugly head later. So, if you guys are listening, you know, do whatever you want. I guess you guys got your own fucking insurance, but it's it's your guys <laughs> it's 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 your guys' decision. I just I it just kind of 
it, 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 it makes me, it makes me cringe, cringe a little bit. bit. Yeah, I was I was just like when he hit him, I was just like, uh, knowing what we know now, and maybe it's just because we I, never see him assumed, and we used to see him all the time. I just assumed it was a gimmick chair, like it was like cookie sheet material or something. I hope so. Uh, to where it makes it, a loud noise. That was the other word. That's what I was trying to think of. It was if it was like a a trick chair or like you said a gimmick chair where. It's more give, I guess. Like you said, I don't know. It's yeah, just, it's like it's like one of those things, though. Seeing it, I just was not a huge fan of it. But that being said, it was a perfect segment. I can't wait to watch the match. Cannot wait to watch yeah. the match, man. I mean, this thing's been told for years. They've been telling the story for almost, years, almost and- since the beginning of. AEW. I mean, probably like six months after is when Wardlow showed up and he was just the big dumb guy that hung around MJF and then they slowly like really turned him into a star and in turn, I mean they did such a good job building up MJF that in turn it's like everybody's, you know MJF got up to the top and then he's pulling the other guy up. proxy, you know, Wardlow got himself it's, over. Yeah. It's, it's what you want out of pro wrestling. Yeah. Now, like, Wardlow's, like, literally a Goldberg that can talk and, like, fuck chicks good. All yeah. right. I, mean, dudes, I don't know what he's into, but, the, like, I don't know. He should have a femdom, t-shirt. Like, femdom, <laughs> uh, tiny boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Slapping geeks and clapping cheeks. You know? <laughs> but... Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's legit. But uh, all right, so moving on, uh, we had uh, another real bang up segment. Uh, I think this one is a little polarizing for some folks. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about it. But uh, we had CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page come out for a face to face, and Tony Schiavone is doing the interview segment, and you know CM Punk's telling Hangman essentially his. His side of the story is that uh, this is not personal. He respects Hangman uh, as a wrestler and as a champion, uh, but he wants this title, uh, and it's just business, right? He's very kind of stoic about it, very logical. Hangman is uh, the opposite. He's very emotional and uh, basically says that he doesn't appreciate what CM Punk has been doing since he came into AEW. does not think that he is good for AEW uh, and is not defending the title. Uh, he's protecting AEW from CM Punk when he defends the title. So kind of saying in things in a similar vein uh, to what MJF said in the recent feud, but MJF is like very much in character. Uh, it's actually a lot more like what Eddie Kingston was saying where, you know, Basically, like, there's a lot of people that don't like you, Punk. There's a lot of people that are not happy to see you in AEW. And, you know, there might be some truth to that. I I don't know, necessarily. There could be some truth with some younger guys like Adam Page. Like, this is really the company of guys like Adam Page, right? They they are the future. Uh, Punk represents uh, something entirely different. Uh, But he does generate a lot of eyeballs, a lot of revenue uh, for the product and I'm just kind of interested to see how much of that and even you know you never really know uh, currently how much of that is an accurate representation of like how hangman feels or whether or not that's just the story that they're telling but there is no baby face heel dynamic and I think this uh, segment left uh, some folks confused uh, I think maybe because of the lack of clarity between baby face and heel 
and maybe a lack of awareness is kind of like the the uh, I don't know the, the more subtle aspects of storytelling that is often lost. Uh, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, it left me a little confused. It seemed like they fast forwarded. It seems like Paige fast forwarded to a point in the story that the audience wasn't necessarily privy to. Like, I thought it was interesting when he said, so now I'm here to defend AEW from you. And he kind of alluded to the stuff, and I'm sorry, Zach, I was back-checking on the baby when I missed it, so stop me if I'm repeating things that you said, but it kind of seems like this is something that MJF hinted on. This is something, I mean... Eddie Kingston didn't even hint on it. Like, he just fucking straight up said it. He was like, nobody likes you back there. We all know what you're like. And truth be told, once Punk left wrestling, before he came back, he was a total fucking cocksucker about the wrestling business. Like, he kind of poo-pooed it. He kind of... I won't say that he made... he, He didn't make fun of wrestling fans or anything, but he kind of made it seem like it was beneath him a little bit and for hangman to come out and say you know i wish the hangman would have said you weren't here from day one you waited to see until it worked then you came in and take a took a huge pay took a huge paycheck while there were guys like me and the bucks and whoever else and we were here building this thing from the beginning I wanted to hear Hangman say that. For Hangman to say... You wanted to be more explicit and not like imply the stuff, but just actually come out and say it. Yeah, and for him to say... Fuck, Zach, you just fucked me up, man. I was just getting ready to say something very profound. Uh, just perfect, pretend I said something very profound here. Ah, oh, shit. Ah, yeah. Man, that's deep, though. Ah, thanks, man. I wish that... Uh, Hangman, like he said, was a little bit more explicit about it. I wish that... I don't know. Go ahead, Jason. I guess you kind of said you kind of said what I was thinking about... I'll remember it here in a second. Uh, kind of jumping ahead in the story because at first when he, when he took the mic, he was like, you know, I should just come out here and just roll the pipe bomb out like you did. You know, this is, you know, the famous place that you had your pipe bomb. And I was like, okay, you know, we're going to see a little Adam Page, you know, get a heart on the way into. Go ahead. Hold on. I remember it. When he said, I said I was going to embarrass you. I didn't mean at the pay per view. I meant here. It's like, dude, if you're going to say that to CM Punk, you better drop a pipe bomb of your own or at least a promo. That is going to be like, holy shit, I can't believe this guy just said it. And Paige just doesn't have that right now. He might have it later. He just doesn't have it right now. No, it's, and, he okay. needed to like pull out like a, a picture on the Jumbotron of him like cream pie and AJ Lee. Just like that's, <laughs> that's the kind of shit you got to do whenever you lay out a line like that. I mean, maybe not a cream pie. Maybe just like a femdom like boy toy type. Uh, oh, shit. Wait, fuck. God damn it, can we, l- l- hold on, let me go back and delete that. Oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Okay, Jason, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I think I took it out. Wow, Jesus Christ. Um, now nah, I lost my train of thought. <clears throat> I, that's where I guess it's, when he says something like that, you know, um, I'm going to embarrass you right now. 
Okay, that's like pulling out a gun and not ready to shoot. If you're going to pull out the gun, you better be shooting. Okay, if you're talking about a pipe bomb, you better drop a pipe bomb. Neither neither either or happened. It was just kind of like he rambled in a circle. He, he hinted on some things. He never really said much more than that. The physicality kind of was at the end because it felt like Punk got into his head a little bit more by like, you know, you're just going to shake my hand. Win or lose, you're going to shake my hand. And basically, he should have just been like, you know, fuck you from the jump. If you're going to say some shit like that, either you need to say, you need to cut a bomb ass promo, which he can do. Who? Adam Page can cut a prom, good promo. No. For whatever, yes, he can. For whatever reason, he decided to back off the ledge and played nice. Here's the thing. I I I think that I'm in the minority uh, on our page, friends of BFR. There was a discussion about this earlier today. I think I agreed with John Lemonade, who uh, said that he has enjoyed Hangman Page's title run, which I have enjoyed Hangman Page's title run too. I think that he's had nothing less than the four star match, even his Lance Archer Texas death match. I enjoyed the fuck out of, even though it was only 13 minutes, the guy can fight. The guy can't really cut a promo. I mean, he was, he was completely outmatched last night and punk barely even did anything. It's like all punk had to do was stand there and Hangman Page was stumbling over his words. It was not, it was not what you want out of and and listen like it's not like Omega is the craziest promo in the world either. I mean they have plenty of guys that can cut promos. That's just not Hangman Page's thing. I love I know, these. Page is better at it than Omega. I think Page is actually pretty That's fine. good. Uh, the Cowboy Ship promo was phenomenal. He's like good in his own way. I actually think what you what you said uh, actually enhances the story of. Page looking awkward next to CM Punk. I think that's the story they're trying to um, imply here, uh, or I think that's part of the story that Adam Page is trying to tell is his. He used to feel insecure in regards to Kenny Omega because he was his partner. Kenny Omega's like, you know, best bout machine. Uh, Adam Page hadn't quite proven himself fully, and now Adam Page is feeling insecure because of. CM Punk because he gets all the adoration. Yeah, uh, where Page is like you know carrying the company. Yeah, I mean so. it, it. Like even when they did each other's finishers while the other guy was out there. So Adam Page does the go to sleep, and CM Punk just stands up and applauds. He's like, I love that. He's like, that's such a great show of respect. But when CM Punk did the buckshot lariat. Adam Page has to come down and act all tough. He's, like, clearly insecure about it, right? And CM Punk is clearly secure about it. That's a That's good story. That's why his business is not personal. That's a good story. And CM Punk saying it's business is not personal. If that's a story they're telling, and if that's on purpose... I mean, fucking A, like, that is th- no, brilliant shit. No, I think that is kind of the... It's but, very... But it's not overt. It's, to a, steal, it's an underlying story. But to steal ahead. a line from my good friend Jason Cornelius Bell, we got to see how it plays out. Because if it <laughs> plays out to where Punk wins and then Page goes on this, he like deeps in, or like goes into the deep and all of a sudden he is too overwhelmed by all the shit. He gets, I think, 
I think it was Zach that said on the on Friends of BFR, like it's this anxious millennial way of acting. It's like then okay, like I'm into it. I just thought that Paige's promo last night just fell a little flat. No, it was convoluted. Yes, it was. It was not the best. Uh, it definitely it kind of went in a couple different directions. Um, definitely wasn't as not 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 the best. It wasn't like uh, it Cody Rhodes' last AEW promo, but he it took was definitely five like, too many. He took five too many MGs of Adderall <laughs> an hour before he went out there. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done it before. That's when I started yeah. slicing my drive, dude. That's when I started slicing my drive. I've been there before. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that uh, insecure. I remember I was like, uh, I was nineteen whenever I met Tara, and she was. Uh, she just turned like 25, or she's about to turn 25. Do we have love and, connection uh, music for coo-coo, this? Cuckoo, cuckoo, Mrs. Robinson. I got a, yeah. I just got a, uh, just a good example. Like we were on a float trip. Tara's smoking hot, just like bikini, just like the whole thing. And like I'm like 19, right? Like uh, my first like real girlfriend, and like this like older dude was just like, like you guys together? And I was like, yeah. He's like, man, you were one fucking lucky dude. And I like got like, I like bristled. The, you know, like I felt, you know what I mean, and just got up, upset like about it. He's like, no, he's like not like saying anything. He's like, I'm just serious. He's like, good for you. Like he was like an older guy. <laughs> he, like I thought he was like you know trying to like steal my girl or something. That's what Adam Page like feels like to me. Like uh, in that sense, like the championship and the company is like, he, you know, he he feels protective about it. So he yeah. feels protective anyway. about it. And CM Punk came in late. I just wish that they would have built up a little bit more to that promo because that promo probably would have carried a lot it made more, more punch. sense if they had done. There's a there's a piece missing. Yes, exactly. It's like it's like I missed a week of AEW, right? And, and something then, happened, and right. now you come back, and now they're talking like this. All right, yeah. What's next, Zach? Uh, let me take a look. Sorry, it was Gotta Kingston do... and Mox versus Private Party. It was, yeah, and this was a pretty good match. Um, pretty similar to what we're seeing with um, Kings or with uh, Moxley and Danielson. Uh, with I guess the idea is they teamed up because Danielson's uh, leg, you know, kind of had him out of commission tonight, and you know they 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 put the boots to Private Party. They gave him some offense, and then they did like the double uh, submissions, you know, the stretch muffler and the the bulldog choke and um but basically what this added up to was the schmoz uh for um the jericho appreciation society and the blackpool combat club to kind of kick off uh you know schmoz to heat up their uh upcoming match of double or nothing so was this this was uh after jericho threw the fireball in the face of that just random guy right Yes. Um, yeah. 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 Jer- Jericho Appreciation Society was walking behind and he threw the fireball. I, I like Jericho seems. I guess he's in as a like what would you call it his his David Bowie like Nazi period or something. Remember when David Bowie like <laughs> thought he was a Nazi or something? Like I don't know what Chris Jericho's doing with the wizard thing. I think it's funny that he calls himself the wizard. I do think it's funny, but it is not. He's not getting this over. It doesn't seem like, like he's getting self, it over. I think it's just self-aware um, at this point. I think he might. <laughs> he might get it over. It's pretty funny that he calls himself the wizard. I'll admit it. It's it's Jericho. He could easily get this over. They wouldn't surprise me not one bit. Um, 
you know me. I just I'm the the only thing I would say about this whole thing is it's it's really about private party. When they first got here, I thought they were on the point at somewhere. We're three years in. In three years, I would have thought private party would have been the yeah. champs at in some point in three years, and they're not even close. That was my takeaway from this whole thing. We really haven't had too many champions. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset they weren't champions. I, I think they got a little um, like they get no rub. Like as far no, as take, the, the the Hardy stuff was not great. Nah, it did not work. It just didn't no. work. I mean, it doesn't even stand out, and we watch it every single fucking week, and I can barely remember when that happened. They're also super young. Like I'm not like I'm not impatient about their situation. No, I think they're just, just fine. I I I, I just want to point out that. After the MJF and Wardlow thing, I had to make a note of this. And I tweeted out, I can't believe I got no likes. Uh, when JR makes a heartfelt statement to the camera about gun violence, he's like, something has to stop. It has to stop. And he looks at the camera and he goes, can you make it happen? It's like, me, JR? I can't make it happen. What do you mean? I don't even own a gun, much less enough guns to constitute a gun rack. I, like, what the fuck do you want me to do, JR? Call your local senator, man. Shit. Call my local senator. <laughs> yeah, you guys live in Missouri. Good luck with that. <laughs> Fucking A. Jesus Christ, JR. JR's put a lot of pressure on me. To make it happen, as the host, I did. I did like that he mentioned it because Jr., especially because he's like this good old boy, you know, uh, oh, Oklahoma boy, oh, right there on the panhandle. I, I appreciate the fact that he. Uh, it would have been something. weird if he came out for child murder, but when Shivani, when Shivani's, I'm listen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not making a joke about. It. I'm. I am. Jason, stop laughing. I am not making a joke about this situation at all. But when Shivani's sitting next to him, goes. And he goes, and love your kids. Love your kids. And JR is like, yeah, I love your kids. It's like, I don't have to be told to love my kids, okay? Like, I love my kid, okay? Like, she's like, I, I don't know what, I, like, I, I know that it's all good-hearted and everything, but JR looks and is like, can I make it happen? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll go ahead and vote for the dickheads that don't do anything about it anyway. How about that? How about I go vote Democrat? Not guilty, the filthy devil tried to fill me. When the... Get to the hood that will be higher than Kion Pepper. Touch much. Kicking up dust is a must. I can't trust a cracker in a blue uniform. <laughs> Stick it like a unicorn. Born picket. Lawrence pow foul. Tears fucking throat and a smile. Go to Simi Valley and surely somebody knows the address of the jury. Pay a little visit. Who is it? He was Ice Cube. Can I talk to the Grand Wizard? Then boom, make him eat the barrel. Monday Farrell. Now he's fucked up like Leather Tusca Daryl. Pretty soon we'll catch Sergeant Coon. Shoot him in the face. Run him in him with a broom. Stick, dick, devils ain't shit. Listen to his ass through the phone. Bye. Go. Two beer. Take it. Go. Go. Hurry okay. up. <laughs> uh, ROH Tag Team Championship match. Uh, FTR versus Rapungi Vice. There was a lot of interesting things with this match. There was uh, Caprice Coleman on mm-hmm. commentary, which was cool. So Shout out to um, High Five Time. What's up, my brother? We also have uh, Excalibur, you know, obviously, uh, who's very knowledgeable about, you know, ROH history and stuff. So that helps. And, um, you know, I was really looking forward to this match uh, in the ring because, I mean, it's 
FTR right. and it's Trimperetta and Rocky Romero. Like, you know, it's going to be good. And, um, absolutely wild. Like really kind of right as the match like starts heating up and it like starts like getting really good. Cause it, it was, it was good. But as it starts getting like real good and they break up that pin, uh, then we have Jeff Cobb and great O'Conn, uh, come down, uh, to interrupt the match for a double DQ never happens. Like I'm not mad about it because it never ever happens. They came um, out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Joey's like, is yeah. that? I was like, yeah, that's them. Absolutely. And, you know, they just don't, they usually provide us with some kind of finish. Uh, hardly ever any disqualifications, let alone double disqualifications or count outs or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, Cobb and Great O'Conn lay waste. They stand tall. They hold up the ROH titles. So, yeah, there's like, um, you know, a lot of things that can happen uh, with this. I know all of these teams have expressed interest in the IWGP heavyweight titles. Um, I think like one of the things that could happen as a uh, side effect of the Forbidden Door and the relationship with AEW New Japan, like we might actually have like an elevated tag team situation in New Japan because New Japan tag teams are not traditionally um, nearly in the level of the singles. So, uh, you know, like that's interesting. So, you know, I don't know if, uh, Cobb and Ocon, you know, just challenge for these ROH titles. If they take them off of them, and that leads to FTR going to Japan and taking belts uh, off stop, of stop. Chase Owens or whoever, or they come over here. Or like, I don't know, whatever. Like, we'll see. Uh, but um, a lot of interesting stuff, uh, kind of historic for a variety of reasons. Interesting segment. Um, FTR versus uh, Rapongi Vice. I like the match. I liked it while it happened. I did not expect Cobb and Greg O'Conn to come in. Wait, what are you making that face for? No, I, I, I agree with you. I was not expecting that either. Did you see? Greg. <laughs> yeah, I caught that too. Thanks for catching us. Shout out to Black Girl Raven. <laughs> Greg O'Conn seems to be having a great, a great time. That motherfucker might not come back from Vegas. In the, in the U.S., shout out to Blood Girl Raven for sharing that. I, I don't know who saw it first, Zach or Blood Girl Raven. It was but basically like boom, boom. I know. Like, Zach shared it with us, and then it, it's a really great picture. They did. They, they looked pretty sloppy in the ring. They were trying to do these tag moves, yeah. and it just wasn't working. I chalked that up to Greg O'Conn. Greg O'Conn being uh, very young and a little bit more inexperienced. Jeff Cobb is, by all accounts, a pro's pro. I love seeing the tour of the islands on AEW television. I think he did make a, a an appearance on one as like Jericho's like enforcer or something like that. I think I, he, no, he wrestled Moxley. Yeah, I was um, going to say he wrestled Moxley. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's hard to get excited about Pongi Vice because did they ever even hold the NJPW tag belts? The junior tags, not the yeah, they held the juniors multiple times. Gotcha. Okay, um, you know Rocky Romero doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, Trent Beretta, I, I like Rocky Romero as a personality. I listened to uh, Anderson and Gallo's uh, podcast every once in a while. They're funny. You know, they, they only last 25 minutes because you, 
you can tell they're drunk when they start it, and then they always end up drunker, which, you know, for some reason that strikes a nerve with me. But um, interesting, you should say that. Yeah, I love seeing Jeff Cobb, and of course the the crowd is going to be a little bit split when that happens. Not in boos and yays, but in like there's some people that just don't know what's happening, and then there's marks like us that are going to be in the in the crowd that are going to start chanting "Holy shit" and try to get everybody else into it, and that's exactly what happened. They tried getting everybody else into it for guys like us three. I was fucking psyched to see Great Ocon on Dynamite. Like that fucking hypes me up and I didn't and I didn't watch that part until this morning when I saw it. I was like, "Oh, fuck. Yeah, let's let's get these motherfuckers." It got me more excited for, for Forbidden Door. I'm very excited for, for Forbidden Door and I can't wait to do these predictions cuz these predictions are going to be the predictions that we're going to do later are going to have to be influenced by what's going to happen next month. At the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. I cannot wait to go. That's going to be the shit. Um, it's going to be the shit. That's going to be the shit. You're and going it, to it? Yeah. Did you get tickets? Yeah. Uh, shout out to High Five Time. He hooked it, He hooked the shit up. That is going to be my man <laughs> until I die. I swear on my mother's grave. Now, all that being said, um, the match I thought was really good. I I like FTR, and it's always going to be weird to me to see them in a babyface role for a while. Cash wheel high five in the crowd is is something that I'm going to still have to wrap my head around. It's just it is what it is. Which one is that? The white one? Yeah, it's the white one. Um, like I said, the match itself was good. I marked out like you know, like you knew I would because this is New Japan guys on AEW television. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I agree with you. The in-ring attack was sloppy. Jeff Cobb crushing uh, Dax Wheeler outside or uh, Dax Harwood outside the ring, throwing him through the table. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? He lands on the, the exposed ribs. So that's something to play on to. Forbidden doors along the way, too. So that's something to play on to. A lot of this is wasn't even about the match itself. It sets up. It's more about forbidden door than anything else. Well, they have to do it. Like, they can't just, they can't go into this Forbidden Door pay-per-view that's NJPW versus AEW, basically, and not introduce some of these people, or some of these wrestlers, at least, to the American audience, the American audience that doesn't watch NJPW, that, you know, really, NJPW has gone through dark times over the last couple of years because of COVID and because they haven't been able to have... Uh, guy, the guy Jin over there, and it's been completely different. So they have to start introducing this. That does not mean it's not a worthwhile effort. It is a worthwhile effort. If if this pay per view is the trampoline that it takes to make AEW and NJPW, if this is like a yearly thing, this would be like. Uh, WWE bragging rights times a thousand where it's like, okay, now we actually have one, like maybe, maybe the, maybe NJPW versus AEW can be an actual thing rather than Raw and SmackDown, which is just a made up thing that happens once every month or once every year. The only thing I will say about that and to be chime in on this, if you disagree, they did do this before the pandemic, but they had 
well, I shouldn't say they had, but they had they had ROH moved in this. It a- wasn't AEW's. AEW was not at the same place at all. If there was, it wasn't even AEW. It was New Japan versus <coughs> Ring of Honor. That was uh, the night that Matt Taven won the ROH Championship. Blah blah blah. J- Square Garden. Jay White's biggest claim, one of his biggest claims of fame, is that he sold out. Yeah, you're welcome for the house. Okay, thank you. A lot of that criticism, I guess, from that card was on the ROH side. It wasn't on the New Japan side, neither here nor there. So it's not like we haven't already done this. We did it, and it didn't necessarily – it wasn't the big success that we thought it was going to be. COVID comes now, and now we're getting ready to reboot this and do this again. I agree with you. If this is – if this is like an all-in – then it's a trampoline to what's to come. If this is like it was beforehand, then it's going to all be stagnant and nobody's going to give a shit about New Japan. Zach, what do you think? I mean, they already sold out in 10 minutes, so it's already a success. So We'll just see what the pay-per-view buys are. I think it'll be pretty good. And this is... I don't want, I don't want to step on... Well, you know what? I, I won't. I won't. This is a new bill. I'm not going to step on shit for later. Uh, what's next, Zach? Wow. Next is probably Bill's favorite match of the night. Uh, it was mine because it was awesome. Uh, the uh, three-way between Jungle Boy, Swerve, and Ricky Starks. Uh, was not my match favorite match of the night. Really? My second oh, yeah? favorite match of the night. And okay. lo- I, I don't know yet, but I did love it. I was surprised by the winner, though. Ditto. Actually, I thought that was what should have happened because uh, Swerve is the least established in AEW um, just because he's, you know, the newest. And I think he needs, like, some shine because he's awesome. Uh, So that's who I would have picked. But uh, they made everybody look good. I mean, they were just, like, lots of, like, very fast-paced, like, real-deal, like, three-way spots. Like spots that only would exist in a triple threat match, so super cool, very fun. And match. Keith Lee looked like a superstar. Comes out, uh, he got the biggest shine of everybody. Well, he, he also he afterwards. also was the only guy that came out to music. Everybody yep. else came out to no music. Keith Lee came out to his music, and he did that crazy corkscrew over the top of the ring. And uh, man, he felt hard. I don't know if anybody caught his ass or not. Yeah, he fell yeah. hard. He fucking gravity's a bitch, man. <laughs> Motherfucker yeah, you don't is huge. See, yeah, you don't see 300-plus-pound dudes doing that for a reason because they fall hard. Okay, that, that motherfucker was coming over. I was like, okay, is think, somebody going to catch him? No, that's great. Is that who you thought was going to win? <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, I was confused. Uh, I thought it was a FTW uh, title match, so th- – I thought Ricky Starks was going to win. The fact that Swerve won and now two beers says kind of gives that explanation. It makes a, a lot more sense. Um, the match was good. I'm not going to sit up here in front. I just, once again, I just wish that the big guys would have never even came out. I know what you're doing and I get it, but I think the match itself was good enough to where you didn't have to bring everybody else out. You ever and, seen dynamite? Like, did you not think the guys were going to come out? Like, would, you knew everybody was coming out. I would, But like I said, for me, 
it didn't have to be that way because, like I said, there was enough to where now I was starting to think immediately about Sunday. What could possibly happen? Is this going to be a scenario where the champs can lose and not get pinned? We got a lot more to talk about this for on, on the predictions. Uh, what was next, yep, Zach? We can move on. We had uh, Hardy's cutting a tape promo uh, with against the Bucks. Uh, how some did, interesting stuff in there. How did none of us ever think of calling them the delete? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? How, how did that never cross anybody's mind to call them the delete perfect instead of the elite? It's so perfect. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I saw the shirt. I was like, yeah, well played. <laughs> it looks like, it oh, shit, sense. never mind. It's not that shirt. It makes tons of sense. But, yeah, uh, some interesting things. Basically, uh, Jeff Hardy's saying, like, uh, and both of them basically just talking about being old. Still talking about being the best, but just talking about being old. And both, like, not even hinting, just outright saying, like, this is it. This is the last run of their career. <laughs> like, they're they're wrapping it up here. So, it's the same thing Ric Flair said probably like nineteen. Still don't think they're going to be uh, AEW tag champs? Did I say that? Yeah. That they'll never be AEW tag champs? Yeah. Yeah. I st- I'll stand by it. Too bad. What do you think? I don't know what I don't know what I, I was thinking when I said thing. that. I don't know what I, what I was thinking when I said <laughs> that, but I agree with myself. It could have been me because I, I remember saying it, and I still I still agree. Okay. Uh, Lam- um, Lambert <laughs> got some promo. I fucking love Dan Lambert. God, he is he's unlike anybody else in wrestling cutting a promo. He is like Paul Heyman with an extra chromosome or anything. Uh <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Oh yeah, I mean I like Dan Lambert uh as much as I can't stand this uh, Scorpio Sky yes. uh Sammy Guevara feud anymore. I'm just so tired of it. But basically we're gonna get on Rampage they smash the belt. Dan Lambert, who legitimately has the largest collection of historical wrestling belts, like territory belts and and like a actual authentic belts, he's got the most of anybody. Um, he's like, I got belt makers on uh, speed dial, which I'm sure he does, and uh, says they're going to have a new TNT championship Friday on Rampage. So we'll see what that is. That's, uh, but I mean, I'm over this feud. It's got to go. They got to get away from each other. It's not. It doesn't even make sense. I, I don't even mind heel versus heel, but if it's not, it, it it's not even really it doesn't even feel about the title anymore. You know what I'm saying? It feels like no. who can be the most irritating to the fans, and it's Sammy and, and, and Ty do... Conte by far. I'll tell you what: when Scorpio Sky ended up being a heel at the end of that, that didn't even make sense. It, it ruined it. It ruined it. I, I'm just completely done you, with it. You, you didn't even let that shit marinate. You're just like, all right, fuck it, it's done. And AEW, which d- never lets anything marinate, didn't let that shit marinate for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just guys, it's you know, it's e- rare. Like even even when it, when when, right. Co- when Cobb and Greg O'Conn came out, like. They didn't even give it a second before they moved on to the next thing. And I understand that they want to, you know, maybe Tony Khan just wants to get as many guys as their money as possible. So that's why he puts everybody on the show. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what their pay structure is like. But 
you have to let shit sit for a little bit. It's like a wrestling match. It's like you can't have spot after spot after spot and not have guys sell for just a little bit so the audience can catch their breath for a minute before you go into the next thing. But, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So we had Thunder Rosa doing a promo with Tony Schiavone, and uh, this was a good promo. She, you know, she didn't have the makeup on, so she's had her uh, her cowboy hat on and basically said, this is the last time you'll see my face because I'm going to put the war paint on. And, um, you know, I she went hard on Serena Deeb uh, talking about her cosmetic enhancements and uh, uh, all this. But, um, you know, they started her music a little early and she still had more to say. But uh, it was nice to see Thunder Rosa. Um, you know, I know somebody did the thing where, you know, she's got less than like 20 minutes of TV time since she's gotten this belt like months ago. And I think some of that was like her getting uh, a cake thrown in her face and uh, destroyed by Nyla Rose. So I don't know. Uh, not Thunder Rosa's, ma- not Thunder Rosa's fault. I think that she, no. like, I, I, I like Thunder Rosa as a fighter. I like Thunder Rosa. I think that she's fine as a promo. Like, everybody that picks on her about her promo skills, I don't think they pick on certain men's promo skills the exact same way. I think that she gets a little picked on. Where do you look at me like that for? You should I'm waiting. No, go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. Are you saying that I'm going to say that? Or did I say a couple of weeks ago that her promo skills were shit or something? No, I'm just waiting for you to have that same energy that you had with Adam Page for Thunder Rosa. This wasn't very good. No, it wasn't very good, but it was fine, and it's not in the same place. You think that, okay, look, like, listen, I understand that we're supposed to treat the women's championship, the women's championship as much as we, as seriously as we treat the men's championship. But that's just not the way it is. It's Adam Page and CM Punk, and then it's Thunder Rosa and fucking Serena Deep. Like, I, it's just not the same thing. And it's not, it's also not, don't come back with me like this. It's not the soft bigotry of low expectations. She's a fine promo, and this was a good promo. It wasn't a bad promo. Do you think it was a bad promo? It was not very good. It didn't do anything. The only th- reason that I want to see this match now is because it's two good wrestlers. The build has been hot garbage. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't particularly... And, and I'm including this promo as I a part of hot garbage. Well, I wasn't particularly kind to the Punk Page build either. I said that I, I feel like I missed an entire fucking week. I wasn't being fair to that either. So if you're saying that I'm being unfair... So I'm being unfair to Adam Page because of the way I'm talking about Thunder Rosa? In this scenario, I think you're underselling the fact that Adam Page has has cut at least one promo that we can all stand around and look at. If Thunder Rosa can't be said the same reason, I mean... Can this has you... nothing to do with Adam Page. It has nothing to do with it. Okay. Zach, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was fine. Um as far as like the promo went, I didn't have thank you strong feelings about it. Thank but you. I didn't no, think I didn't think it was like particularly <laughs> good or particularly bad. I just thought it was. I don't know. I I don't know why she always needs Tony Schiavone to be there for her promos, but obviously she needs to do that up at the top of the ramp. Obviously, somebody thinks that they 
that she needs to do that. She's the AEW champion. She should be doing it. Yes, it's not her fault that she has not gotten very much TV time. More TV time begets more TV time. Okay. More TV time means that you're going to be better on the mic. So if she's not getting very much. No. No. no, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Practice practice doesn't make perfect. No. Perfect practice makes perfect. There have been plenty of people that have been on TV on multiple promotions. And that has not been very good on the mic. Okay. Okay, so let's not say it's more TV equals better promos. All right, I'll just leave that alone. Two beer, what's next? Uh, Rip Baker and Tony Storm. And uh, they had a fine match. I wasn't uh, blown away by this. But the biggest thing, I think the biggest takeaway, is that Britt Baker went over, which kind of surprised me because I know that Britt is a bigger name. She is the biggest star in the women's division. I guess they just wanted her on the pay-per-view for that reason, but I just thought it was a little early to beat Tony Storm. But at the same time, I mean, she lost to Britt Baker, and she didn't lose particularly clean, so it's like I'm splitting hairs over this, but it did surprise me. I don't know what you guys thought. No, it's a total surprise. I mean, for me, it was Tony Storm's tournament to lose, from that point, whoever – it's like anybody that's won their big, you know, ladder match, tournament, whatever. They win the tournament, but ultimately the tournament winner doesn't win the title. That's what I expected for Tony Storm, to at least win the tournament. If that was the case, then the Jamie Hayter, you know, Tony Storm first-round match is really like, you know, what the fuck? That could have happened a little more later. Neither here nor there. I agree with you totally. Britt Baker is over, whether you like her or not. Okay? Way over. This was the time to put Tony Storm over, and you had Britt Baker in front to do it. You had Jamie Hayter come down to possibly now have them break apart. I've been a big fan of that for a long, long time. And they went the complete opposite way. Go ahead. So... In this Owen Hart Invitational, the Owen Hart Tournament, it's looking like we could have Adam Cole and Britt Baker both win it. This would be a bad idea by AEW. I do not want to see another power couple. There's already a power couple, which is Ricky, or, uh, Sam Guevara and Tay Conti. I do not want to see another power couple. It seems like it would be a waste of the Owen Hart Invitational to have them win. That being said, we have Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. They're both two guys that are completely over you. So you're not going to make a new star. Check. Like, this could be like a King of the Ring type thing, which is what you'd want it to be, which is why I I was also surprised to see Tony Storm lose. Of course, Britt Baker wins. I would like to see Adam Cole and... Britt Baker both make it to the finals and both lose. So I'm rooting for Chris Statlander. Make a new star. Ruby Soho's already there. I would be fine with Ruby Soho. I think I could argue, we can argue that Chris Statlander's there. At two rear, you're the AEW guy. <laughs> what did Chris Statlander ever win? She's had an AEW title match. But she's never had the AEW title. Very few have. 
let's well, oh, well, good point. Yeah, thank you for agreeing with me. So Chris <laughs> Dantlander can win it, and Samoa Joe can win it. I think that it would be a better story to have Adam Cole and Britt Baker lose. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it is interesting. I'm pretty sure they made belts for this. I think they're. Um, really? I think they have. Oh yeah, why not have no, more belts? No, see. I'm a guy that's all about belts, and there are so many belts. There's never going to be a segment without a belt. Why don't you just make a belt for MJF Wardlow called the MJF Wardlow Belt? Well, I think it's it's in the sense of like the Dynamite Diamond Ring. It's a thing that is like yearly. So no, kind of like King of the Ring or like whatever. Um, I, like I don't that. know for certain, but I'm pretty. I I saw reported they were going to uh, debut new belts. Um, so I don't know if trio that's titles. The, yeah, I mean it could be that, but um, you know we'll we'll see. But uh, there'll be something, and I think that it is going to be an annual event where it does carry on. Not necessarily that you'll defend it, but kind of like MJF has had to win from the ground up that dynamite diamond ring each year. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. But yeah, uh, I'm with, I'm with you. Uh, you know, anybody that's left is a good option, but it just surprised me. I thought, uh, I thought it would be Tony storm all the way at this point. I'm leaning, uh, Ruby Soho, but I am kind of leaning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down champ. We got predictions. What's next? Oh yeah. I forgot. Thank you. Wait, hold on a second. I'm the quarterback of this show. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got predictions. What's next? <laughs> uh, it was the uh, tournament, what, semifinals? Yeah, semifinals. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly. And uh, these guys had a really good match. Like, shocker. Big surprise. Spoiler alert. But the uh, story of the match was Kyle This was my match of the after. night. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. And Calarelli's just constantly going after his submissions. And um, the story is essentially that Joe uh, ends up winning. He fights out of him, but uh, he is going into the finals uh, weaker because his arm is all jacked up from O'Reilly's constant arm bars. So, um, yeah, uh, then we had a stare down with Adam Cole, you know, coming out, doing the music. Um, and that ended an altogether very good go-home show. Yeah, it was a it was a typical AEW dynamite, which means it was above average. I didn't feel like I wasted my time by watching it at all. I was Who are you rooting for? I guess better choice wars in the main event. Did uh, you have rooting Joe, interest? Joe, okay. Joe. Yeah, I was rooting for Joe. But I, I this is this is the type Joe, of this Joe, Joe. <laughs> this is the type of match that Kyle O'Reilly should be in though. Like this was a hard hitting Strong style. Kyle O'Reilly's doing all his jujitsu shit. He's trying all his fuck. He's trying everything out on this dude that's clearly bigger than him, and they are hitting the fuck out of each other. This is the type of match that Kyle O'Reilly should always be in. This is the t- the thing about the undisputed era or the undisputed elite is that they're all a little bit smaller, and there's not a whole lot that they do that makes them stand out from each other. And I'm talking about. O'Reilly and Fish and Roderick Strong. Not talking about Adam Cole. He clearly stands out. The thing that Kyle O'Reilly can do to make him stand out a little bit is all that jujitsu shit, all that real MMA shit, you know, that shit that makes him so compelling as a wrestler, especially against a guy that's as big as Joe and to make it look believable. The fact that he tapped out 
did kind of surprise me. I was yeah, surprised yeah, they tapped out. But Joe is such a believable big guy, especially mm-hmm. when he's cut loose and he gets to fight the way that he wants to fight, you know, or wrestle the way he wants to wrestle. I loved this match. It could have gone another five minutes as far as I was concerned. It was about 11, 12 minutes long. Could have gone longer. Big fan of it, but I was rooting for Joe. I did not want to I, – I, I do not like Kyle O'Reilly as a singles wrestler. I I do not like his character. I've said it before. Well, I don't think you'd have got the same cool Kyle O'Reilly from an NXT that you – No, but he's, in been, AEW, in the, he's but, been in AEW long enough to where he, like, has a character. It's not the same thing, but neither here nor there. Doesn't matter. I agree with you. No. Whatever. Fine. It's worse if that's what you want to think. Cool. The match was good. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the match was good. I'll just say this. I was waiting for either Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, somebody of that ilk to come down to where it's set up an undisputed. And I didn't want to see. That's the one thing I didn't want to see is an undisputed elite final. This is a good final it hasn't so happened. So you were rooting for Joe too. Yeah. It hasn't happened on AEW television, so this is perfect. Let's just see what happens. If the fuckery happens on double or nothing, so be it. But I didn't want to see it happen on uh Wednesday night dynamite. Two beers Zach. Anything left to say before we well we're gonna do battle super juniors and then we'll do predictions. No, I'm good. All right. Let's get to that three count. One. I woke up today at 5 a.m. Oof. Well, I was at 7, so I wasn't too far behind you, but go ahead. My daughter, Edna Guerrero, is going through some sort of growth spurt where she has slept 12 hours a day, 12 hours at night from 7 till 7, two nights in a row. And then last night she went to sleep at 6.30 and woke up at 5. P.m. to a.m.? P.m. to a.m. Didn't wake up in the middle of the night. Damn. Today, good ass sleep. Today, <laughs> no shit, man. Zach, have you ever experienced this as a parent? Uh, we got lucky, and uh, I mean, they were pretty good sleepers. I know it was a little bit of hell for a little while, but uh, well, you know, yeah, my kid and Zach's kids are cousins, so maybe, hmm. maybe they just didn't get that putrid, veggie Pullman gene. So, uh, she woke up at 5 o'clock today. So, I got up with her at 5 o'clock. My wife worked last night, so she came in late. And I was like, you know, I'll get up and I'll just hang out with her and read a couple books and play Wordle. And then I brought her into my office and let her play in there while I finished Mission Impossible 5, which, by the way, is a fucking banger, man. Those Mission Impossible movies are fucking bangers. It's a, it's 4, a, 5, and 6 it's are a really unbelievable. Series. So, and then I turned on, I had only watched two nights of Best of Super Juniors last week. So today I watched 3, 4, 5, and 6. Watched... All four episodes. <laughs> That's okay. No, while, I, while I was working during the day, okay. and then I turned on night seven, which had ten ma- or ten matches. Yes. Couldn't get couldn't get through it because you came over here too early. <laughs> Don't blame me. 
so I've watched lots of Battle of the Super Ju- or Best of the Super Juniors this week. I know that Zach's still really early on it. I know Jason's all caught up. So what I would like to ask you, Jason, is just your general thoughts. Who is impressing you? Who is disappointing you? Um, we'll go with the most impressive first, and it probably because I've seen everything up to this point, and I won't give too many spoilers if I don't absolutely have to. I would say Ace Austin is is probably the most impressive because of results and matches that he's wrestled, being the X Division champion and being a Gaijin. I was kind of concerned. Will Uter, I had the same concerns with. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, I was concerned at how he's going to get booked, and he's been booked extremely strong. Um, I've seen him on Impact. I've been a fan. This just kind of reinforces what I've already thought. Um, Alex Zane is probably my second guy, and, and this is somebody that if you don't – well, I'm just saying. No, I just have something to say about both of them. Alex Zane is the other guy. That it's funny that you brought those two guys up because I have something to say about both. Is the number two guy that I can th- think of off the top of my head. And there are guys on, in here that you know. You know Yo. You yeah. know Sho. You know well, Ishimori. No, is- you know Hiromu. You know Taguchi. Uh, who am I missing? You know Robbie Eagles. You know Bushi. Uh, is new. You know Doki. You know Master Wado. You know Phantasmo. You know. No, Tijuana has been there before the pandemic, so I mean, and you know TJP. Yeah, it's it's not like it's. So anybody. you're talking about the new guys, basically. No, I'm not. I'm not even going to say that because I was going to say like TJP on the flip side has been a, a smidge disappointing just because of results. It, it just kind of is what it is, you know. El Lindeman, I would say, is probably the third guy. If you want to say a top three guy that's been most great. impressive, He's that's been, been the third guy. You probably want to see. guy that you didn't know anything about, really. Right. Okay. And he's probably the smallest of the bunch, and he's throwing guys around that's twice his size. Okay. okay. That's my top three guys on the most impressive side. Least impressive side. Not least impressive. Just, just disappointing. Yeah. TJP, I thought, would be a more of an impact guy, for lack of a better word. Um, That's insane to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like I said, he's had good matches. It's just not coming up with W's. And it's not because he's having, you know, it's not of the in-ring thing. It's because he's not more higher up point-wise. All right. Who else? Okay. Um, Just quickly looking at it. Um Francisco Akira came out and had a, a, a big win early, and he hasn't won anything since. A little disappointing wait, there. Wait, wait a minute. Are you talking kayfabe, or are you talking shoot? I'm like, talking kayfabe. So you're just telling me who you're impressed with, like, in terms of how many wins they have? I want to know who you who's imp- like who you like watching. Alex Zane is the guy that's the— is probably the guy that nobody really knows. Teton is is one of those guys that once you said it was his first uh, best of the Super Juniors, it's really not. He was a CMLW, uh, CMLL guy. He's been there before. Like Zach said on podcast beforehand, he's usually brought over to be the guy that loses, and he's lost a lot of matches, mm-hmm. and he's continued to lose, but he's had good matches. It's not like he's not doing anything bad and it's just he's that guy who's your third guy <sighs> disappointing uh, 
We got to get going. Will Yuta, I was expecting for him to grow as a wrestler, show something different as a moveset. It's basically been the same Will Yuta matches as, a, as it's gone forward. Zach, do you have any thoughts about this? I know that you're not caught up, but anything, anybody that's impressing you or not impressing you so far? Uh, I've only watched the first few matches. Uh, was it Clark Connors versus uh, oh, man. Ace Austin? Ace Austin. That match ruled. And I was like, oh, yeah. I love <laughs> Battle of Super Juniors. Yeah, you were year. tweeting about it a whole bunch. I thought that you, I thought that you had watched more. <laughs> I, well, that's literally the first match. And uh, then I watched the second match, which was Alex Zane. Uh, and I uh, was unfamiliar with him for the most part. I didn't remember much of his like other stuff. Like I never watched Two Five Live. Uh, I know he's in NXT a little bit under what, Ari Sterling or whatever. But uh, yeah, he cut loose and uh, he looks real good. But yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up on it. Um, I don't know when it's gonna happen. I'm going camping uh, for the weekend. And hoping I have enough service to order uh, double or yeah, nothing. You're done. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Uh, I watched a lot today, like a lot, just to be able to say this. I can't stand looking at Ace Austin. I can't stand looking at Alex Zane. You know why? Because Ace Austin shaves his eyebrows and has purple hair, and he looks like Maynard James Keenan, like Maynard James Keenan's little brother or something. Do you know who Maynard James Keenan is? No. He's the lead singer from Tool. Okay. Tool. Alex Zane. Looks like a fucking idiot. He, he he looks so grimy. I can't even stand looking at him. That being said, TJP fucking rules. Ishimori fucking rules. Desperado rules. Wheeler all giving shit. Wheeler, you has just been okay. Okay, he's, he's so, just been okay. Okay, see, you was getting ready over. Run me down on that bullshit. Come on, man. No, I'm not trying to run you down. I'm saying. Well, okay, then who, who's your most impressive? I've been most impressed with Francisco Akira. Okay. I love him. He's the guy that came down after Jay White a couple months ago during yeah, a pay-per-view, yeah, yeah, right? And everybody was like, who the fuck is this dude? And he's like 22. Yeah, because he's, he's a little redheaded. He looks like fucking Lollipop Guild. <laughs> Uh, I hate Taguchi. Get Taguchi out of here. Uh, if it's Big Match Taguchi, I like this is just... Listen, if we're talking comedy and it's Yano versus Taguchi, give me Yano all day, every day, right? No, eh? no, eh? no, eh? no. I like Taguchi, so I, think, I, I, think, can't, I can't I go with Yano. TJP is incredible. more into butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do for our three count. What you doing? Start talking what to him. Let me piss. I'm gonna be right back. What you doing? See So So yeah, we're getting ready to do our double or nothing predictions here in a little bit. I'll I'll say this personally. I I forgot that I shouldn't say forgot. I forgot that this weekend was Memorial Day weekend and it was double or nothing on Sunday. So me and uh Jory were talking about, you know, hooking up 
were watching uh, Dynamite last night. He was like, when's Double or Nothing? I was like, it's Memorial Day weekend. So he's like, so it's this Sunday. I was like, no, no, no. It's like a week. It's like next week. He was like, no, it's like this Sunday. I'm like, oh, shit. Memorial Day weekend is this Sunday. It's probably more me just working so much and not being able to keep days straight at certain points. But Memorial Day weekend, this coming up Sunday, we're going to have four hours of Double or Nothing pay-per-view. I'll ask you two beer. If you if you get service, and I'm sure you will. Four hours. Yeah, it's gonna be four. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be four hours for sure. If you get four hours and you it could get be service. Six hours. Okay. If you get if you get four hours plus, are you gonna be able to ride the whole four hours? You're gonna take break? What you gonna do? Oh, I'll be fine because I'm two hours ahead. Like these things start for me at like four four o'clock. Yeah, good uh, point. Like the pre-show starts at like four. It's great. Yeah, good point. I'm, I can still get to bed by like nine after five hours of wrestling. I can still get to bed by nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna do predictions this I'll week. Love you too, beer. There's only one triple threat. It's all it's all one-on-one matches, and there's only one triple threat, I think. And it's yep. the it's the it's the tag, tag match. titles. Yeah. So let's start at the top. Because we never do this. Let's go Ever. Adam Page versus CM Punk. Really? Yep. That's how we going Let's in. do it. I, uh, I'm i going to write down my answer so you don't think that I'm copying. Okay. Two beer, go first. You're the AEW guy. Two go beer, first. go ahead. This is my prediction, and it is a two-pronged predic- prediction. Two beers, two-pronged. Um, so, I have Adam Page retaining his title. A double or nothing winning clean over CM Punk because Adam Page is the future of this company and he should have that clean win over CM Punk and then they bring it back very quickly in Chicago at All Out and CM Punk wins in Chicago well All Out's not That's- next All uh, Forbidden Door is next yeah, but the it'll be uh, like promotion versus promotion. Okay. So. All right. And then you think Punk wins it all out? Yes. Jason? But I had Adam Page. I've always said that this Adam Page reign didn't feel like it was over. And everything that I've seen up to this point still doesn't make me change my mind. I get it. It's CM Punk. I get it. But he beat Kenny Omega. He beat Danielson. If he could beat CM Punk, that would really start to put claim behind what Tony Khan thinks is the greatest AEW title reign that's been in the three years of the company. I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to waver. I'm taking Adam Page to retain. From that point, if he turns heel, I don't give a shit as long as you retain. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I had Punk. You guys had Paige. Uh, we'll go Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. I think... Jesus. Uh, I'm going Thunder Rosa. I can't even explain why. Uh, what do you think, Jason? Oh, I can explain why. I mean, Thunder Rosa is just starting her reign, number one. Number two, I think Serena Deeb is a good opponent for her to show that she can wrestle and get away from the fact that this build has been 
not necessarily, like I said, anything good. Hot garbage is what I said, and I will stick to it. I will take Thunder Rosa to retain. Two beer. Give me Thunder Rosa. All right. So uh, the next one I have written down, we're going to go top to bottom this time. Okay. I know we never do it. (laughs) That is a little weird. So we got Jurassic Express. Team Taz and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Now, I am going to go first here because I don't want to be influenced by you guys. All right, then I'm going to go pee. Because I have thought about this a lot. And I think that Jurassic Express is the least likely to win, which I know is strange because they are the uh, reigning champions. And then I go between Team Taz, Keith Lee, and Swerve Strickland a lot. Uh, I think it is time for Team Taz to win the belts because they are OGs. And I think that it's time that Tony Khan probably gave him a little something rather than have Swerve and Keith Lee take it. So I am going to take most likely Team Taz, then Swerve and Keith Lee, Jurassic Express, least likely to take it. Zach, what do you got? Uh, almost the opposite. I've got uh, Jurassic Express retaining um, with Swerve and Keith Lee second, most likely, and Hobbs and Stark least likely. Jason. Wow. Um I'll go least likely, obviously, first. Uh, I agree with Bill on this one. I think Jurassic Express is the team to lose to slowly start to set up the Christian and Jungle Boy feud. Two and one is a little difficult just because I heard an interview that uh, Swerve had this morning that said that he and Keith Lee have been a tag team since 2016. Obviously, I haven't seen this, so this was kind of news to me. But I'm going to stick to my guns, and I'm going to stick to my gut. I agree with Bill on two and one. I'm going two with Swerve and Keith Lee, and I'm going one with Team Taz winning the tag team titles. Uh, next up, we have Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole, baby, for the Owen Hart Tournament Finals. Jason, who you got? <sighs> Match will be good. Um I do expect factory at this point for sure now. I would expect uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and your boy uh, Saddam Singh to come down in some form or fashion. That's my boy. To help out Adam Cole, baby. I don't think that we're going to get the double power couple prediction that you gave. So I'm going to take Adam Cole, baby, to win the men's side of the Owen Hart tournament. Zach, who you got? Uh, I got Adam Cole. I think he gives him a feather in his cap because he is a main event type guy, and I don't know that he will be... He might be in the main event picture, but I don't see him being the top guy uh, anytime real soon, so I think he gives him a feather in his cap um, to ride this thing out. So, I went on my own there, too. Samoa Joe, you guys took Adam Cole. Uh, So, we got Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho or Statlander. Do you guys want to guess this one? Uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go first. Um, I'll guess it on who wins on Friday night. I'll go Chris Statlander wins on Friday night. 
uh, Red Velvet gave Ruby Soho the blueprint, and Ruby Soho poo pooed it. So I expect Red Velvet to. I like uh, how she's like, here's the blueprint. Like all the matches aren't on TV. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Horrible. So. Who you taking? Uh, so then at that point, yeah, yikes. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. I would think you would have did it right the first time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say you do it right the second time. I'll take Chris Statlander. I've got Chris Statlander winning both matches to win the women's side of the Yolen tournament. I also am gonna take Chris Statlander. Uh, who you got, Zach? I've got Ruby Soho going all the way. Um, she didn't beat Britt for the title. But she will beat her for this. Okay. Uh, MJF versus Wardlow. Now, I'll go first here. This seems like Has something. Has that gone first yet? Yes. Okay. I did. I think on the first one. Yeah. That's a bitch. I know. Seriously. You going uh, first? Listen, now. I'm the quarterback. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, Has yeah. that gone first yet? No, I don't think so. Uh, so MJF versus Wardlow. I'll go first here. Everybody thinks that Wardlow's going to win because it's this perfect story that's been told from from the very beginning of time we, we in have, AEW. We have just given Everybody it thinks that Wardlow's going to win. Given it its flowers. And that's because Wardlow's going to win. I'm taking Wardlow. Uh, who do you have, Jason? You thought I was going to say MJF there, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. And, I, and that really doesn't change my pick much. Well, it shouldn't change your pick. I really, I, I agree with everything you said, but I'm just going to pick MJF because it would be another stab. It, it, it just gives you more heat on MJF. And if there's anything that the top heel needs is more heat, this is the perfect way Fucking, to do it. Thanks, Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach, who you got, MJF or Wardlow? Uh, I got Wardlow. MJF like never loses. This is the this is the time for him to lose. Make the fans happy. Maybe even open the show with it. Well, that's why I said last week though. He just stole that from me, right? Okay, thanks. Oh, I didn't remember that shit at all. Of course you did, but it seeped into your head though, didn't it, brother? It seeped into your fucking head, didn't it? Osmosis. Uh, so we're gonna make Jack or Zach go first here. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society versus oh, Eddie Kingston, Christ. LAX, and the Blackpool Combat Club wah, wah, in wah, a wah. in an anarchy in the arena match. The fuck is that? Zach, who you got? The fuck F- is faces that? Faces or the uh, heels? Faces or the heels? Faces. The fuck is that? The fuck is anarchy in the arena? Is that the code uh, name for Stadium Stampede? Stampede. Yeah, okay, yeah, thank you. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. I, I, I actually think that's the joke. Who are you taking? I don't care. We both have the face. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> You're not going to take it? I'm anybody? taking the heels. I'm taking right, the heels. There you, you go. The, I'm giving you big show. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking the heels just to make it a little compelling pie. There uh, you I go. just tried to write with the cigarette. <laughs> How'd that work out? That's just like Zach said. He tried to write with his weed yeah. pen. Okay. <laughs> now, we still have two burners left. Uh, Hardys versus the Young Bucks. And what can only be described. <laughs> Let him go first. I know, but this can only be described know, as a dream match. I mean, they're two generational tag teams. We've seen this before, though, guys. I mean, come on. Ladder match. ROH. 
I, I love how you say High five time I love how Help you me say out. Hold, hold on This is what all you fucking smarks say all the time You guys are like We've seen this before It's like I haven't I know it's, that all you guys It's a thing guys, that's called I, YouTube It's a beautiful thing So if you if you miss something I also have a thing called a life Which means I go out And I don't watch YouTube matches all the time Well I mean it's been like Four or five years, but whatever. okay. So you've seen this match one time, <laughs> four or five years ago on YouTube. I'm just saying it's happened. Zach, who you got? It was actually it was actually the weekend before they debuted at WrestleMania. <laughs> the Hardy. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I believe uh, I believe I got, you guys have seen it. I haven't seen <laughs> I it. Got, so whose fault is that? Sorry, two beer. Go ahead. I got the buck. I mean, like. <laughs> The greatest tag team of all time cannot lose on pay per view. He's he, no, he's got me. <laughs> I mean, he's got me convinced. Actually, uh, who you got, Jason? <laughs> I'm taking the Hardys. Uh, not even because I'm, really? I'm tr- not even because I'm trying to be contrarian. I think honestly, if this is going to be the Hardys quote unquote last run, we're going to have to start to move them up the ladder. Fuck, this is I the way to that. do it. Yeah, you just kind of talked me into it. I already wrote down Young Bucks, though. I'm taking the Young Bucks. Okay. House of Black versus Death Triangle in what has, like, literally five of the best wrestlers in the world. Doing absolutely nothing. In one match. I mean, really. Buddy Matthews, Phoenix, Penta, Pack, Aleister Black. I mean, we are talking about lots of talent in that match. And Brody King is no slouch either. I am going to take... Because I know these trios titles are coming up. I'm going to take the House of Black because they are the heels here. And I think that it's better to have if you're going to have new titles. I know this is not for the titles, but I know the titles are coming. I'm taking House of Black. Jason, who you got? I agree. I expect uh, a heel turn at this point. If Julia Hart hasn't turned, this is the time to turn her. Uh, Eyes on the product. Make it happen, Captain. I'm taking the heels. Uh, Zach, who you got? Uh, yep, I got House of Black, and this could be the sleeper match of the night. I mean, like, this thing could legit steal the show. It's not going to have, like, the storytelling of the others, but, I mean, it's just as far as, like, wrestling matches. Plenty like, of talent. It's going to be any match, Any match with Death Triangle or any match with the Young Bucks is always possible to be the best match of the night. There's plenty of talent. If you give him 15 minutes. Bottom line. And then you throw in Buddy Matthews. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Come on. It's a ton of talent in this ring. If you give them 15 minutes, they can do support. All right. So now we're actually getting to the two biggest biggest matches of the night (laughs) Uh, Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Jade Cargill. Yeah. Let's double down on that. Yeah. Jade Cargill. Okay. And maybe like very, very fast. Really? You think this is going to be a squash? I think it's going to be a squash also. I think it has to be with so many matches on the card. Three, like, I mean, three matches. Matter? There's 11 matches on the card. It's going to be a fucking six-hour pay-per-view, man. They're going to give Blackpool Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society, they're going to give them like 33 minutes or something. It's going to be stupid. I told you a couple weeks ago that that's just going to be on the fucking pay-per-view. Okay? I know, and I agreed. And then for the uh, the main event, we have Hook and Danhausen <laughs> versus Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Hookhausen? 
you're going to Hookhausen? Yeah, duh. Yeah, it's Hookhausen all the way for all the money. I'm not giving up. In the main event? Are you kidding me? I am not going to give up a point here to lose to you guys. I'm taking Hookhausen also. I'm just going (laughs) to go with the most obvious thing. So, but that is, I mean, that's 11 matches, man. That's a lot of matches. So those are our predictions for. Where, where are you watching it on Sunday? I'm not going to be watching it on Sunday. I will have to watch it probably Tuesday. <laughs> I'll have to stay. I'll have to stay off of wrestling Twitter, which I can do. For the record, mm-hmm. I will be tweeting it on Sunday. So just don't look either one of you two jokers. I don't follow you on my regular Twitter though because I know that I don't want shit spoiled because all you do is like do play by play you're like this guy beats this guy like you watch it live and then you tell your Twitter audience who won the match and it's like well I just give me a chance to watch it dude it's like why don't you tell me how better call Saul ends or something <laughs> I mean, you'd be pissed if I did that. So, I mean, what the fuck? No, just give me a star. Give me a star rating and say it was a good match. I'm not going to tell you who won. But you always say, this guy beats this guy. And then you give your review of the match, which is your Twitter personality. I get it. What I'm saying is I have a second Twitter so that you don't ruin wrestling, so that you or other people don't ruin wrestling for me if I don't watch it. Okay. That way I can stay away from I'm I'm a, I'm almost a little hurt, but that's okay. No, I can st- that way. I can stay away from totals when I miss a pay per view, like I'm going to Sunday night. That makes sense, right, Zach? I have better advice. Just stay away from Twitter, <laughs> dude. It's been a real bummer the last couple of days, man. It's been a real fucking bummer. So, you, for the record, so we get this out the way, neither one of you guys are going to be here next week, right? I think that this is a good chance for you and i was going to talk to you about this off air but i'll say it on air i think this is a good chance for you to maybe invite somebody that's invited you onto their podcast onto our podcast and they can be our guests our guest hosts with you because i'm not going to be here next week i'm going to fish i'm going to fish in indiana to bear what are you going to do next week i'm in bend this is work related yep so we will not be here. Jason will be here with some special guests, I think. Maybe. Or or you want to do a solo? I mean, you uh, can have hey, Tender. You hey, can have Murray. Hey. You can have Lucha Chris. Hey. Patriot Pat. I guess next week you're just going to have to find out what happens. I can't wait <laughs> to see it. Are you really jerking off alone right now? <laughs> everybody. We got some birthdays. Eric Bischoff is 67. That motherfucker mad at Tony Khan, boy. Mad, mad, mad. Mad CM Punk, too. That's they got into it. Okay, mad at everybody. Did shit. we talk about that? We have not talked about that. We didn't talk about Bischoff versus CM Punk. Man, they both had a couple good digs on each other. It Oof. was good. Uh, Natalia is 40. Kamala. She's dead? The vice president? No, Oh, this is the wrestler. Okay. Yeah, motherfucker. 72. Uh, Seth, Row- Seth Rollins is 36 this week. He's still alive. Yes, Pete, sir. Pete Gas. <laughs> Yo, boy. Nah, I didn't know who this motherfucker was. That What was the name of their thing? What was it? Oh, what was it? Oh. It's like Brooklyn Street Station no. or something. What? Spirit Squad? No. 
Yeah, it was. Wasn't no, it? no. It's the green, he, it, it was the uh, Green Street. Um, no, the something street. Who was it with? Who was the main it guy? It was Shane. Right. Pete Gas, and it was the third guy. Anyway. It was the Green Street, like, bullies or some shit. <laughs> he, he don't like you. No, he, we got into it on Twitter. That's why I'm wishing him a happy birthday. <laughs> Pete Gas, I hope you're listening. He We got into it. He was like, I don't care if this fucker didn't know who I was. It's like, okay. Mean you, Street Posse. Mean yes! Street Yeah, there we go. There yes! we go. Thank did you, you look it up, or did you just know it? I just looked it up. Yeah, hey, I don't give a fuck how you got it. Uh, Brian Kendrick. Is 43. I wonder how he feels about the moon landing. I'd love to hear it. Uh, Nia Jax. Nia Jax, I hope you're hope you're doing okay. 38. She's fine. Hornswoggle, who these days is just known as... Swoggle. Swoggle. Yeah. 36. Uh-uh. No. No. That can't be right. No. Right? <laughs> oh, I don't do have my phone. I don't have my phone on Do me. your math again. No. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Still alive. Who, oh, of course. He was in, the master it, of DDT. In my household, because my younger brother was Jake, Jacob, he loved Jake the Snake Roberts. He had Jake the Snake Roberts folders. That's what used to happen back then. You would have a folder of a guy just caressing a snake, and you would keep <laughs> your and you would keep your math assignments in there that was like four plus nine equals 13 and here's this dude just sexually laying with a snake one of the greatest promos ever uh well he's really good yes uh, sir no way jose i hope he's doing okay too i hope even nia Jax are splitting a futon somewhere uh-uh, uh you ain't shit probably started grease fire uh he's 34 Montez Ford is only 32. Montez Ford has nothing Future but champion in WWE. Nothing, nothing but green in front of him, man. He's got nothing but green in front of him. Open road. Uh, I'm rooting for him. And James Storm is 45. Now you can do it. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to. We appreciate you listening to our podcast for Patriot Pat, Check. for Sideways in Time, Check. for Lucha Chris, Check. for Tender Mahal, Check. for Vice. Double check. What's going on, Vice? Uh, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman. Check. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Can each watch Every member, everybody remember to support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Double check. Tip well. Triple check. Defund the police. My name is Bill Veggie, and everybody boo the fucking boo, heels. Bitch. Be like really, really sad that you didn't. That I did. We probably never didn't delete it or didn't cut it out. And then like we'd never get to do the podcast again. And then we'd lose our jobs <laughs> and our families. So, Man, people disappear all the time. <laughs> yeah. Two beer, it could be me and you, man. Don't worry, don't worry about this motherfucker. Be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers! I can't believe you fucking.